Greetings, conservatarians. Welcome back to Disthrall. I will be Patrick Smith. It is time again to set Ben Shapiro straight. Now, to his credit, some people can talk for, I don't know, let's say eight hours and still not say anything. Whereas he can make a clip in two minutes that requires some breakdown and analysis to really get to the bottom of and to talk through. So today I bring you this two minute clip from Shapiro where he's got it all figured out so much so that he has got an equation, an actual equation that will tell you how legitimate a government is. Let's get into it. So here is the equation L equals and the numerator is S plus and then it's R times A plus I. Okay, so S in this particular equation represents social solidarity. So if you have an area that has a lot of social solidarity, that's going to help the government because obviously social solidarity means you're all going to vote in, in ways that you're not going to offend your neighbor because you like your neighbor and you're not there to use the government to crack down on your neighbor. Social solidarity, basically how much you agree with your neighbors on everything related to life, community, standards of behavior, standards of building codes, uh, licensing standards for professional fields, <laughs> like literally everything. If So his argument, he's basically saying that like, if you had like the platonic HOA where everyone in the neighborhood agreed perfectly with everyone else, that you would get, you know, a high score in this variable. Responsiveness of the authority to input, that's R, times the avoidability of the authority. So if you know that the government is both responsive to you and also if you're unable to get a response from the government, you're able to avoid the government, right? You can move out of the area. And this also contributes to the legitimacy of the government. I don't have to, if I'm in California and I don't like California, I can leave. That means that the government has a high level of legitimacy. One of the reasons being, even though I disagree with the way that California is governed, I can always take off, which means the people who are left there are consenting to being there. Responsiveness of the authority to input is what he uses for the variable R. That's very interesting. This is the democracy part. This is where the collective will comes into play. If a bunch of people want the government to behave a certain way and it actually changes and behaves in the way that the majority wants it to behave, then you get a higher number in this variable, which is then multiplied by his A, which is his variable for avoidability, how easy you can avoid the government by literally moving to somewhere else where there's another government. So if it's easy to move, you have a high avoidability score here. And he multiplies these two together because if you have an unresponsive government, but it's easy to avoid by moving, then that's you know about the same as a very responsive government that's hard to avoid. And he also does this trope that libertarians hear constantly when they talk about the illegitimacy of government, where if you choose to live somewhere, you are tacitly consenting to whatever rules and whatever governmental structure uh, is being enforced on that geographical area. Plus I, which is the ability of any authority to advance the interests of its population. So in other words, if government has the following aspects, it is going to have a lot of legitimacy at any level. This, by the way, doesn't just apply to governments. It actually applies to families as well. If there's a lot of social solidarity within the, the area governed by the government, if that government is responsive to input from people, if you can avoid the government, if the government doesn't rule the way you want to, you can leave. And if the government is very effective at implementing the needs and wants of its citizens, it's going to have a high level of consent. So 
his I variable is basically the efficaciousness of the government. How good is the government at implementing the things it wants to do? Is it doing a good job? Is it powerful enough? Is it well enough funded? Um, and he would probably also mix in like how accurately it enforces its rules, something like that. Okay, the denominator. These are the things the government can do to undermine its own authority, essentially. V is violation of fundamental or pragmatic rights by the authority or destruction of rules and rules by the authority. So the, the government decides it's going to wipe away civil society. It's going to wipe away your rights. It is now jacked up the levels of control it is, it is using against you. It undermines the legitimacy of the government. So V is, like he said, violation of your rights. How aggressively, how terrible, how tyrannical is the government? R, right? This is R prime. It's the regulatory strictness of the authority. So the authority passes very, very strong regulations to move against you. This undermines the legitimacy of the government unless you've consented at a very high level to that government. So R is strength and quantity and power and intrusion level of the laws in place for the government. And finally, the aggressiveness of the enforcement by the authority. Okay, so let's break this down and really go through some of the contradictions as well as the premises that have sort of undiscussed, smuggled in assumptions. So the first thing I want to point out here is that we have a, an assumption, a, an unspoken premise that consent can be collectivized, that it functions at the collective level. Unfortunately for him, that's not how consent works. Consent is individual, can only ever be individual. And it's up to you, it's between your own two ears, whether or not you consent to something. And when you get a bunch of people together and you try and average out the group consent, you necessarily violate the consent of some percentage of that group. And you cannot have a legitimate government without the consent of the governed. And if one of the people that is governed disconsents, unless he consents to his consent being collectivized, which is the assumption, then the consent of the governed does not exist for that person. And that government has no legitimacy, zero. It's an on or an off. It's not a spectrum. That's another sort of built-in assumption here, that the legitimacy of a government is on some kind of spectrum. No, no, no. First of all, morality, ethics, functions only at the individual level. You cannot collectivize all these people together in some sort of commune and like commies try and work out ethics between groups of individuals or classes of people like they like doing. None of that is valid. Ethics evaluates the interactions between individuals. Consent is an individual act. It's an on-off switch. You either consent to something or you don't. Consent just means your agreement for something to happen. You either agree for something to happen or you don't. So because consent is binary and individual, the legitimacy of any relationship, be it you and another person conducting a business deal, trading property, or talking about some kind of governing authority, legitimacy has to also be binary. Because the other thing not mentioned here is that legitimacy is a direct equivalency to consent. So really it should just be consent on the left side of the equal sign, not legitimacy, but fine. So if consent is binary, legitimacy is binary. You either consent or you don't. Consent is also individual, not collective. So when we talk about social cohesion, 
that's the first problem we have with this equation. Social cohesion talks about um, the agreement of all the people around you on literally everything. How closely aligned are you with your neighbors that are under this governing body? And of course, in his rubric, the larger the government, the less social cohesion is even possible, right? So like if it's me and my friend, me and just my friend, and we're the only ones under a given government and we agree on most things, you're going to be able to have a high social cohesion. But if you have a massive group of 350 million people on a continent arbitrarily governed by a, a government, there's no way in hell it's even possible to have a high social cohesion. But my point is that's irrelevant because consent and therefore legitimacy is an exclusively individual thing. It doesn't matter how much I agree with my neighbors. If I agree with my neighbors a lot or a little, it has no bearing whatsoever on the consent in play and therefore no bearing on the legitimacy of the government in play. Second, R, the responsiveness of the government. Yeah, sure, fine. If if I consent to a specific group uh, regulating my life and associations, then they damn well better be responsive. But here's the thing, like the moment they become not responsive enough, I just individually, instantly stop consenting. I withdraw my consent to the government. Problem solved. You don't even need an equation for this. You just flip the consent variable from true to false. The legitimacy flips from true to false, and they no longer have they no longer have any just authority to interact with me by any means. So this variable is kind of useless. A avoidability. This is another built-in assumption, um, one that we get confronted with as libertarians quite frequently, and that is this tacit endorsement, this tacit consent, based on where you choose to live. It's bullshit. I, as an individual, rightfully own this property I'm sitting on right now. Absent government. I don't consent to any government. They don't have my consent. It's been withdrawn. I do not lose my rightful ownership of this property that I had, I had not contracted at all with anybody, with any government, with any anything other than my HOA in this case, unfortunately. <laughs> I have no contracts with anyone. I am not bound ethically, morally, or rightfully to any government by virtue of my ownership of this property. The positive obligation to prove such a claim is on them. And of course they can't do it without appealing to social contracts that do not exist. You will not find my signature on any social contract or otherwise um, justifying that government's control over me and this piece of property. I am the sovereign here. This is my property. I do not have to move when I withdraw my consent to a government. This variable is not only irrelevant, it's absolutely backwards. It smuggles in the assumption that if you don't like the government, you should avoid them by leaving, which brings in this additional contradiction of the consent of the governed, which is if you can't withdraw your consent and stay where you are and still own the property that you own, are you really free to withdraw that consent? And if you're not really free to withdraw your consent, isn't it impossible for the government in question to ever have consent or legitimacy? I think it's obvious. We have a different video on this channel you're welcome to go check out called The Consent of the Governed Cannot Exist. Go check that one out. The next variable in question is I for efficacious. This is much like R, the uh, responsiveness of the government. Obviously, if 
Um, if the government is not meeting my standards for efficaciousness, I should instantly, between my own two ears, be able to withdraw my consent, sever that relationship, uh, withdraw any legitimacy to the government, and if that government persists in trying to affect my life, they become the aggressor, the bad guy, the criminal, the thing that everyone deserves to resist. So that one, much like the R for responsiveness, is kind of a useless variable in this equation. Moving down to the denominator, we have V, violations of rights. Obviously, <laughs> if, if someone is violating your rights and your consent, then you can't be in a consensual relationship with them, and so you cannot have legitimacy. It, this is a weird one to even have in this equation. It's like say, it, it's like building in a contradiction into the equation. You can't have consent, which gives you legitimacy if you're violating the consent. It, 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 it builds in this um, assumption that there can you can have a government that can have some quantity of rights violations while still having some modicum of legitimacy. Like there's like, again, going back to this idea that consent is a spectrum because that's built into the assumption of democracy being legitimate and valid, uh, collectivizing consent being possible or valid um, and, and on a spectrum, right? Because you can have 10% of the population consenting and 90% not and flip those, right? So consent now becomes a spectrum because we've commied it up and collectivized it. Therefore, legitimacy becomes on a spectrum. That's how you get this variable in here. Obviously, that's nonsense. Consent is, again, individual. So this is just a straight up contradiction. R prime, as he says, is the quantity of regulation, the quantity of controls over your life. This is a weird conflict with the uh, responsiveness variable up top. If, uh, if a government is consented to, then the things it's doing are things that you consent to and you want it to do. Uh, if you want it to do a lot of things, then um, it doing a lot of things, having a lot of regulations, doesn't undermine its consent or its legitimacy. Again, this variable can only exist, though, if you collectivize consent and you put everything on a commie spectrum. Um, otherwise, this just doesn't make any sense. Like, if I, if I hire Netflix to feed me movies and it starts trying to control who can park outside my house, <laughs> like, I'm just... I'm going to move on to a different video provider or probably start pirating movies. So that's R, another weird one that wouldn't exist uh, with a proper understanding of morality and consent. A prime stands for aggressiveness. How aggressively does the government enforce its rules? All This one is just like the previous two. Um, if it's doing things that you want, you kind of want it to be aggressive about it. If it's not doing things that you want, you would, as an individual, withdraw your consent and move on to a different provider of uh, government services. Um, so all of this falls apart. That's the point I want to make. The actual equation here is the legitimacy of a government equals whether or not you as an individual consent to it. So it would actually be something like L equals C you know, with a little I for an individual on it. And that's it. That's the whole equation. But here's the thing. If it's you as an individual consenting to something and contracting with a group of people to do something for you, I'm not sure that even really is a government anymore. I think that's just you and a Netflix subscription or you and a trash subscription where trash men come and take away your trash once a week. That's a, that's a normal, you know, customer service provider relationship and not a government. And this goes back to the consent of the governed, just 
can't exist. It's a contradiction. Once you consent to something, it's not a government. It's not controlling you. It can't control you because it needs your consent for it to be legitimate. So government can only exist as a non-consensual thug. If it's consented to, it's not a government. It's not controlling you. It's just you and them behaving according to your contractual agreed upon obligations. All right. So hopefully we've cleaned up that two minutes with, <laughs> with uh, enough clarity. Uh, have a great day.